Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft. Um, this, have, we haven't done a show here since everything changed. This, I don't think so. This may be, I think this is the first show that I have done here in a very long time. And things are definitely a little different now than when, <laughs> when I did a show here last. We are at uh, the new and improved Woodburn Brewing. Um, obviously, if you guys listen to the show, you know that they're owned by March 1st. You know that um, they have tried to take some of what made this place fantastic to start with um, and embrace that while improving everything else. <laughs> and we will, uh, we'll try not to go too far down that <laughs> rabbit hole during the show. but It's been um, a journey. One of the biggest improvements that you guys from from day one said you wanted to incorporate was an actual kitchen here, some some actual real good food. Um, I got a little shit from from Jeff this this afternoon when my post went up that I said um, something I might have made a little bit of dig at the the the, the idea of pizza in tap rooms versus a kitchen doing some actual <laughs> really fun uh, creative things and. Um, I, it's not that I don't like the pizza, guys. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you this don't is like just pizza. this is just so much more fun to me. <laughs> yeah, Je- uh, Jeff likes his pizza. Jeff, he's a little protective of it. I, you know what I eat a lot of is the cheese sticks. That's the um, best. Cheese oh my sticks god, it's so good. I They're can, so good. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- there's a kitchen. Woodburn Kitchen is finally opening um, here at Woodburn. Uh, the grand opening is Wednesday the 16th. 16th. So when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it fresh off the podcast platform that you are listening on, uh, it'll be this Wednesday. Um, so get down here, try it out because uh, from what I'm from what I'm reading, uh, it sounds like it's going to be phenomenal, um, and we will uh, we'll dive into all that. Let's let's everybody introduce yourselves. Uh, we'll start here with Boomin and kind of go around the table and just say who you are and what you do here. Yeah, my name is Boomin Desai. I'm the culinary director for March First Brands. Um, I basically do food for all of our brands, and uh, yeah, I just like to play with food. Uh, Andrew Hahn here. Uh, I am the chef over here at Woodburn. Um, I cook. <laughs> makes magic he makes really good food. Is that's what he's trying to say? Yes, and I've ate I've ate way too much of it over the past like three or four days right now. Uh, Josh and, and a few other uh, friends from corporate are kind of full right now. Oh my god! Um, but they, I'm uh, you okay. have a responsibility to try as much of it as possible so that when people ask you questions about it, you can honestly exactly. answer. It gets, it's, Realistically, it's an occupational hazard. Right. Like somebody's <laughs> got to do it. Right. Well, it's like if I if I take uh, hi, I'm Josh. Uh, I do social media and marketing for March First Brands. But if if I take a picture of a beer, I can't not drink said beer. I agree with uh, that. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, I was taking pictures of food all day yesterday and <laughs> I can't just let it sit there. <laughs> Duh. Like, come on. <laughs> so it's a dishonesty in your art if you don't. <laughs> it's really quality control, right? Like we need to make sure that Josh approved of the food right. that we were going to serve. Right. So. Yeah. So, so Boomin's the culinary director. I'm the director of, of eating yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cards and uh, chef jacket is are on their way, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should have it soon. So culinary director, so you uh, you kind of guide all of the food programs and all of them and where they are and where they're Correct. going. Correct. Um, everything kitchen related, staffing, menu development, 
Um, we're working on a culinary development team right now to kind of really take March 1st Brands as a, as a company to really dive into the food aspect of it because we know they're really good with seltzers and right. beers and spirits and everything. And my biggest heart, goal heart is- Heart sodas. Right, right, heart sodas. <laughs> Shh, quiet. <laughs> That's an inside joke that I guess I don't get, but I'm, we're just going to move on from it. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it later the in the gnome, show. <laughs> the gnome found something the other day that he shouldn't have. <laughs> it's, it's on tap. It's true, it's true. <laughs> but no, like our, you know, our plan is to take this culinary development team and really, really put- March 1st brands as a company on the map where food's concerned, right? Like it's not just, we're not only known for good beer, seltzers, and spirits. We're also known for the food that we serve in our tap rooms. Well, it's it's really hard, in, in my opinion, as something like March 1st keeps growing and keeps adding new locations and new new personalities to each of those lo- locations to let that let that food program kind of grow with those places and give them their own personality too. Like that's that's difficult to do. It is and it's not. And I and I say that because my biggest thing is to keep put the you know, like really get the chefs that are in charge of these locations and really let them shine. Right. Right? Because nobody is good on their own. Everybody has a team, right? I'm not I'm not anybody without the team that I have. Sure. So if we we do everything, all the mini development, everything together, so it, it's it, everybody on everyone you know on the locations that's working are in charge of their menu. For that, you know what I mean. They'll they'll come up to me with ideas, and we can kind of go from there. Um, but a lot of it, I kind of let that identity be the chef of that store because right. that's what it's about. Like for here, we have got you know Chef Han, who has got a huge Korean influence, and his flavors are. F- Freaking incredible, right? I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. It's the internet. Fucking you sweet. can't kick us off. <laughs> That's right. It is the fucking internet. And we're, we're a bunch of cooks, man. I can't be civil with this shit. Um, but no, uh, yeah, like I just, I really, really want the chef that's in charge of a store really showcase their ability and their personality in the food because without them, I'm just a guy holding a paper clipboard. Right. Hoping God that it works out. Right. Uh, so let's 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 talk about that. Let's talk about your your personality with your food. You know how uh, how did you start cooking? Let's let's go through the whole story here. As as you know, uh, originally my grandma was the one that kind of started teaching me to cook, but it was always from outside the kitchen. Right. Uh, she would not allow me to step foot in the kitchen. I think that's a my grandma thing. Uh, well, she said that. <laughs> uh, Asian person thing. Really. Yeah, I, I mean, being from an older generation, she also was like, "Oh, boys don't cook." Right, right. Um, but growing in the world that we grow in now, we everybody does everything. You know, um, a lot of my flavors are kind of based from the Korean flavors I learned from her and my mom. Like growing up, I never really cooked much until uh, really my first serious gig was the Oxford Country Club. Um, and they gave me a shot to cook because I love to eat and he got sick of cooking for me. So the chef up there, uh, decided to put me on his crew and make me cook my own food. <laughs> so. And so then, uh, you've, you, you've bounced around here in town. Uh, you know, there's definitely some, some bigger names that you've been with places that uh, people would know, uh, you find your way here. How do you take, how do you take that, that Korean influence of stuff and make it something that, uh, maybe some of the, like, this is definitely a part of town where people are a little more adventurous than they might be in other parts of town. You have a little bit of leeway, but this is still a craft brewery. There are still people that walk in here and sit down at the bar and expect to get a Bud Light. Um, 
I don't know that everybody is adventurous with their food. How do you kind of, how do you play that line and create things that keep you interested with, with making it, but then also leave it a little more approachable for other people? Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of my flavors, I feel like that represent me are usually, I've, I've cooked for a lot of friends, family, and coworkers. And what's great is I have great friends, great family, great coworkers that all appreciate me cooking for them. Uh, luckily coming into this role here, I have this guy named Boomin next to me who is able to keep me in check as far as flavor profiles, because just because I see food a certain way, it doesn't mean everybody sees it the same way. Uh, Boomin has been able to give me a different perspective on food that it kind of allowed me to, uh, to grow my flavor profile a little bit, you know? That's interesting. Uh, can you, uh, what do you mean? Like how, explain that a little bit for me of, uh, something that maybe, you envision that gets kind of, I don't want to say turned into something else, but kind of that rethink that flavor profile. Sure. Uh, me, I grew up with soy sauce being kind of like a staple in my family and a lot of dishes. So whenever something tastes more soy forward, kind of used to it. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I remember the first batch of food (laughs) I've ever made for boom. And everything he said was everything is a little soy heavy. It's like, dude, there's soy sauce in it. What do you want me to do? I can't take soy sauce out. It's not as Korean, you know, but, but uh, just as far as dialing it back and, and kind of doing different ratios and yeah, something to more balance the whole flavor out. Right. was kind of what Boomin has brought for me. Um, Hopefully this menu reflects it and hopefully everybody loves it. (laughs) I'm I'm so Uh, excited. I am paying him to say everything he just said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about on with one of the things that I think has been lacking for a while in Cincinnati's beer scene, brew pubs or places that are breweries, tap rooms, and also have a, a good food program is that that relationship between the beer and the food. Um, how do you guys plan on kind of playing that line and, and incorporating maybe well, having Brian Fisher, who's our head brewer, around we to call kind him of Button Brian now. Button Brian, Cincinnati. I thought it was Gunner. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, is Gunner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's Button Brian in the podcast world. You know, having him <laughs> as a resource to bounce ideas off of and see what he's got in the works. You know, him and I have talked about doing a chef series of beers um, at some point this year. Um, so his flavors are pretty, and like the way his profiles work are pretty similar to how my brain works. So it's really cool to pair flavors that he has and it's just an easy thing to do because i know what he likes right right? i know what he goes for um his flavors are big bold right so we also have to make sure that our flavors are big and bold when it comes to food because you got to be able to pair something heavy like a baltic porter or you know what i mean like even the wee easy right it's very very huge right so you got to have something that kind of balances that too so that's why we incorporate you know a lot of acidic foods a lot of sweet foods to kind of balance that out so talk talk about the menu a little bit. Tell us uh, what are some of the things on the menu that you guys are most excited about. Uh, you know, there's a there's a curry bowl that we're offering. Uh, the full menu will start next week for the grand opening. Right. We're not doing it for the limited right now, but uh, the curry bowl will be. This will air after. Oh, okay. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the curry bowl. We're is, in the future right now. Is uh, it's kind of a like a comfort food of mine. My mom used to do it on holidays. She would just make. Uh, a big batch of Japanese curry, uh, which is slightly different from Indian curry, not so spice-based, right. uh, but it's kind of a roux. So it's almost like... It's creamy. Like, it's almost like a gravy. Yeah. Uh, it's more so a gravy than a curry, I would say. 
uh, and just loaded with vegetables. I got to put on some nice, some Blackhawk Wagyu beef on there. It's going to be delicious. It's marinated. Um, We've got a fun component called a marinated egg that me personally, I had never done, which uh, Han, you know, we, we kind of figured it out together. He, well, he did figured it out together and told me what he did. But um, that was a really cool thing because, like, I have never seen it done that way. Right? Is it just a... It's essentially a ramen egg. Yeah. Uh, like a soft-boiled egg. But it, there's a lot of aromatics that it sits in until it's served. So. Right. So not only do you get a soft-poached egg, a ramen egg, it's, got, it's packed with fresh herbs, garlic, ginger, soy, right? Like, it, you get a ton of flavor out of it. It just rounds out the dish. It sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I, you know, we, we sat here a couple of days ago and trying to take stuff off the menu just to kind of make sure that it, it'd be easier to execute and so on and so forth. We couldn't fucking find shit to take off. Well, so there, but there's still, there's still a burger on yeah. the menu. There's, there's still uh, wings, you know, the, those things that people are kind of expecting yeah, when so, they go. Uh, you think brewery, you think bar food, right? right. Um, our, you know, when we first started, when we first sat down and started look, talk, talking about this menu, we never wanted to move away from what it is. At the end of the day, it's a bar, right? We can't serve plated dishes. Like, I mean, you know, I've got a fine dining background. There's no way I can do any of that here, which, again, I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as, like, other flavors are concerned, right? Like, that's – that is – it. flavors don't change. Well, we, all the food. We've also seen, like, with, with consumers now that they are – when 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 you walk into a place that has a good menu and a good kitchen and they don't necessarily expect that it has to be you said fine dining on it like people are starting to see that like I, if i'm grabbing bar food like i i kind of want it to be better right and so <laughs> I, and that's the thing like uh, I, you know, we have pizzas at our, lo- or two other two locations, right? They're great I, pizzas, by the way. I love the pizza. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, the, that crust was a thing before I got here, so I can't take credit for it. Everything that happened last year, I can and I will um, take credit for it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like it's, we just want to serve food that is going to be stuff that we want to eat, right? Like. Coming up in kitchens, like you're, you know, you're working late nights and then you're going, you know, going to a bar and then you're going to, you know, you're like, shit, I'm hungry. What do I do? I've been working for 12 hours. Like, what do I want to eat? I wish there was a place that I could go to to get the food that we would want to eat. Right. And Woodburn, I feel like, gave us the opportunity to make the food that I want to eat when I've been drinking. Right. Right. And what's better than having doing it in a brewery? Um, you know, there's a lot of good, good places that have uh, uh, food, you know, like, Esoteric has got Decibel going in, which Moppy's a friend. He's a good dude. Um, there's a lot of good food out there, but there's also a lot of bad ones. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, sure. uh, You can't... It, you want to name those? Um, <laughs> no, I want us to be busy. So, uh, uh, but you know what I mean? That there's good and bad everywhere. Right. There's good and bad here, right? Like, right. It, it all do, it's all about perception. And we just wanted to make sure that we serve the food that we wanted to eat as cooks coming up and go, you know, coming in this, uh, coming, growing up in this industry and then just making people happy, like, you know, like a lot of stuff like the burger, right? Like, that looks good. I want to eat that. Right. Cool. Let's make it and eat it. Well, um, I just, it just, it, to me, you know, good, good food and something that is easy to eat and easy, approachable, I guess, right. is the, the way That's to put the it. That's the perfect uh, uh, term. Makes the entire drinking experience so much better. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm going to stick around longer if I've got some food in me. I am going to tell people about the food. Like, hey, I know you don't really care about beer, but you know, go here and try this. And then maybe while you're there, grab a beer. And then, you know, like it, 
it just increases that whole um, experience. And I, I think I wish more places would, would understand that. I, I know in the, the position we're in, as far as the world is concerned, right? It's we're still in a pandemic. There's still a bunch of shit going on. Supply chains of things. Right? Sure. Like, so there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. And that's why some people can do what they're doing. And you know what I mean? It is what it is. Does, right? Cause, but does having, having a, 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 a quote unquote real kitchen and a place that uh, has some proper talent in it that doesn't that kind of alleviate some of those problems a little bit with if if you know you have a supply chain issue say oh, well we can't get this right now being able to to pivot and kind of like all right well that's fine i can do this i can do this like we like we can we don't have to be stuck with this one thing that you know the the 16 year old on the back knows how to make you know <laughs> The one thing that I, one of the things I've found out over the last couple of years is supply chain issues are just that. Everyone's dealing with it. The best challenge is, hey, what can we do with what is available, right? Like there are times, I mean, we'd be looking at order, like, you know, uh, our order guide or talking to our food rep or whatever, where it's like, hey, can we get this? And like, oh, no, we don't have that because supply chain issues. Cool. No problem. Let's figure something else out. And I feel like that makes, that's more, that's the fun of it. Right. You know what I mean? Because like now you're challenging yourself every day. It's kind of fun that way as a, a customer too. to like, I, you know, and I, I don't want to walk in and never know what kind of food is going to be there. But at the same time, like I want surprises. I want things to be different. I want things right. to be evolved. Same as the beer. You know, it's that's not that it. I don't love a, exactly a beer that I, I go to every time, but I want new things too. Yeah. So I, t- I mentioned before that I find any background. Um, I worked at Bouquet in Covington. Um, Stephen Williams is one of my really good friends uh, still to this day. Um, John Bear's table after that. And so like a lot of things that I learned was like ingredients don't change. It's just what you do with them. Right. Right. If it's a, a cow's been a cow for how long? I don't know. Right. You get my point though, right? It, it doesn't podcast for that. Right. But you get my time. point, right? Like it doesn't matter. It's the, it's beef. Figure right. it out. Right. And it's, you deal with what you have and you play the cards you're dealt. And that's one of those things that the supply chain issues are, they are what they are. Everyone's dealing with it. Do something about it. How does the how does this woodburn kitchen idea uh, does it or how does it evolve kind of the overall picture of what the March first brands and the kitchens around them look like? I'm sorry, say that again. I don't follow. I don't. I didn't understand the question. I the, the the idea of Woodburn Kitchen and kind of elevating this idea of of food does that change the overall. Uh, uh, experience of food within the March 1st brands or 100%. is it over time? A hundred percent. We do have some fun stuff in the works for this year and early part of next year to do some stuff at March 1st and at Fig Leaf. I mean, um, we've already seen it kind of start to grow a little bit with, you know, sandwiches and stuff like that starting to be different. The, the brisket chili, which yeah. is um, the only other thing that I almost always order except for the cheese sticks. You know, he makes it, right? <laughs> so like, good. It's so good. Yeah, right. So, um Yeah. We're, we're, it's, it's all a process. You know, we, we wanted to start here and kind of roll out the menu and then kind of go into looking at the pizzas and see if we can do, if, if it's even a possibility to do a full kitchen, right. With, with all the things you need for it. Um, but the plan is to elevate everything, but it's just going to take a little bit of time when we've got a few projects coming up too. So, so, um, the plan is to elevate everywhere, uh, in the near future. Like, like I mentioned before, we are working on a culinary development team that includes myself, uh, Han, and a couple other people. So, it's we're going to have to figure it out. Right? <laughs> it's 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 we got to it, in order for us to stay relevant in this industry at this time of you know the way we're in, we have to stay evolving. You have to keep evolving, 
and you have to stay flexible. And just to add on that, a conversation Boomin and I were having earlier was, was about being stagnant with our food. And that's one thing that we will never be. Uh, hopefully this is kind of my, this is my proving grounds, a uh, little personal thing for my, for me to try to get myself out there. Um, and hopefully people will dig my flavors and going forward, I, I'm not stuck on just one route of flavors. Right. I, I love, I love cooking. I love culinary. So anything new that Boomin or anybody can teach me, I'm, I'm like a sponge, you know, uh, and hopefully I can incorporate that with what I do know going forward into these other projects that he's talking about. So, yeah. And there's, I mean, March 1st as a, as a, a family of brands is, uh, is, is unique to anywhere else. Definitely here in Cincinnati where it is a large machine at this point that it's, um, in some ways that makes it easier to play around and try new things. In some ways it makes it more difficult to, uh, um, to to change quickly and to evolve things, and like it's um, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It really is, and the, you know the best thing about the people you know we work for, uh, Mark Silverado, Jeff Stein, you know Chris Paquette, everybody that's that's here. Like full creative control is we, something we do not give Chris credit for anything on this show. I forgot to tell you that rule. <laughs> yeah, that you're gonna have to run that by me yeah, before we'll, we start. Uh, we'll just we'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, but you know they've they've given me an opportunity to to really just cook food and and to present the dishes that what I would think you know like I worked for people for a number of years um so now that we can do the stuff that I want to do right stuff that he wants to do and things that in this this industry has evolved so much within the last call it 15 years right, right. um you there are times where in a kitchen where line cooks wouldn't have the opportunity to come up with a feature chefs in we have places right now that hire chefs in this city that don't give them creative control. Right. Right. And that's fucked up. How are you going to hire somebody, pay them X amount of dollars and tell them how to work? That doesn't make any sense. I think that goes to the the beer side of things too. Like right. how, how many people are out there uh, just as a, a shift brewer, just cranking out the same thing every single day that they go into work right. and having no, no ability to kind of let out that other side of their personality. And, and, you know, and when I started this adventure, I told myself and I said, anytime I hire anybody, I will always take their ideas because that's what this is about. It's about a team. It's about the people you work with. It's not about me. It's not about just him. It's not about just Josh or whoever it is. It's about the team that you work with. And if you don't have a good enough team that gives you constant support and ideas, then you're a stagnant restaurant that is what used to be successful and now is just holding on to something they used to have. I mean, again, that has to be a little bit difficult when you do have a, a group of brands that's the size of March first and so many different moving pieces and so many, so many different team members that uh, maybe you 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 don't get to sit there and talk to every day, and like that has to be a little bit difficult. I don't. It, I don't think it's difficult at all. I think kind of going back to what you said earlier is, um, I think it's a very uh, strong point that we do have all these different tap rooms and different kitchens. Um, and Boomin and I, in particular, and Chris also, we have this unique um, position within the company that we are in every tap room every single week and we build the relationships with the people who are there. Um, and that's where we get the ideas where I'm sure people tell Boomin, Hey, I got an idea. Can we do like, like, I think that's how the sandwiches came yeah, to be up exactly at, I think it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. want to do some sandwiches Sandwich, or whatever. Right, let's go. Or what someone will tell me like, Hey, I really think doing an event like this would be really cool. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's talk about it. Um, and that's something 
like Boomin was saying, um, what's super cool about our company is yes, it's a, it's a big machine or whatever you want to call it. Um, but every person, uh, at each level from, you know, corporate, if you want to call it that down to your bartenders, uh, can give input and, and tell us what they think we should do. Like, Oh, like it would be cool if like, uh, the Bengals or well, the striped shirts that we did, like that came from <laughs> so one of our tap rooms. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, orange and black striped shirts that we did. Um, you can buy them at any tap room if yeah. you're interested. Uh, they're probably run out by now. Um, but no, Woodburn but, but Giacomo, uh, our tapper manager here at Woodburn, he texted me literally after the game. He's like, so we get Bengals shirts. And I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, and, and people have that ability to toss their ideas out on the table and it will, they, that idea will be taken seriously and put into consideration. No, no one's idea just gets swept to the side. You have to put so much focus on that as, as the company continues to grow, because I think if we've learned anything from, from March 1st, it's that, you know, it's growth is part of the strategy of, of what this is. And, uh, as that continues to grow and evolve, like there has to be like this real, like conscious focus on letting that culture of things uh, be front and center every time that any kind of growth does happen. Because I, uh, I mean, we we've seen it with other other brands as they grow, where some of that gets. I mean, it might not sound the theory, but yeah, it just gets it gets a little lost and a yeah. little little confusing for people. And and, um, well, and that's when you keep you know that's how you keep evolving, right? Like you mentioned earlier, is it easy? Nah, if it was easy, everybody'd do it. Right? Yeah. Like you just kind of have to figure it out and remain flexible and have the will to just not wanting to fail. Right. Right. Like you just got to keep going. Uh, that's, you know, I, I tell this to Han and everybody else in the kitchen um, here and at other things, like I'll take everything except for quitting on, you know what I mean? Like, you, I you know gotta, exactly what you mean. It's like, it's gotta, it's, it, you gotta try it. Let's try it, man. Like even when ideas come about, like, you know, as features, like one of our, one of our line cooks came up to me like, Hey, I want to do a marinated pork taco. Let's do it. Let's let's make it, see what it tastes like. And we adjusted it and kind of did it that way, you know. And so, again, those tacos were delicious. Now, we just took an idea that somebody had and really built on build on it. Mm-hmm. And now that, per, that that line cook has has education about why we're doing it a certain way, you know. And that's that's part of team building and so on and so forth. Right, right. And I, it's, to me, it's the, it's the only way to, to, to make something that is, um, of any substantial size work over time. That's right. It's I, all about the people. Uh, you know, any, you know, we, we, I've heard a lot, you know, about, you know, the bar industry or the restaurant industry about how, how fast you have to, um, keep things evolving before people kind of get, get tired of the idea or what's going on. Right. And, um, it's, it's really, you know, easy to, to just wipe a slate clean and just start something else. But right to be able to have an idea that can last over time it has to evolve, evolve. and it the only way to, to evolve right? is to like, yeah it's it's just like life you just have to keep evolving right if you don't then you stay stagnant and then you got a business and you don't have a job sure uh, it's getting real deep guys <laughs> <laughs> Bro, let's go well i mean in reeling it back in talking about evolution um I think this. <laughs> I think reeling it back into. Let's talk re- about the meaning of life. Let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, evolution and the the Darwin uh, theory of evolution. No, um, what's also um, interesting, or, or in, in terms of evolution, is um, kind of going back to what you said before about when you get these uh, these breweries uh, that kind of grow and they kind of become like watered down a little bit. 
Um, I think that us coming into different tap rooms and, and trying to, uh, you know, take a brand and uh, nurture it and grow it and um, help it to continue to evolve um, is something that um, is it's a way to keep everything fresh and and we can also kind of take everything um, individually. Right. Right. So, you know, if, if March 1st, it, it's, a, and it almost kind of goes in waves, right? So like March 1st, you know, we got, you know, the new tap room in and, you know, then we put the patio in and then fig leaf came aboard and then we uh, kind of altered their tap room and improved it and, and, you know, put a bigger bar in there and, uh, you know, now there's kind of a front patio ish area. There's phase, whatever, two, two, three, whatever phase we're on, that'll hopefully come this summer up there. Um, and then Woodburn, you know, we came in and, you know, we kind of just came in and, you know, it was the same, right. But then we have the back, uh, green space, the right. Woodburn gardens, um, which that's going to look really different. Uh, hopefully this summer, uh, with more improvements back there. Now we have the kitchen, and then kind of Booman kind of talked about, you know, we're looking at improving the food across the board um, at each place. And it's kind of like a slow burn across each brand. But every time you walk into one of our tap rooms, um, we hope that you find something new and exciting. Right. Um, and it's it's kind of almost easier to innovate within each brand than trying to innovate this big you know, whatever, like how do we make each little space different? Well, you can, you can see things like you can see something that is happening or works really well in one tap room. Like, you know, this is, this is working pretty good here because of this, 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 and this, that probably means that it will work over here really, really well because of this, 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 and this, and, and be able to incorporate part of that idea or the whole idea into a different tap room space, knowing why it's working However, it's working. Like it's it, it is interesting. It's kind of a um, uh, almost a way to to test little ideas that can grow into bigger ideas too, and in yeah, different spaces absolutely. with different people. So, uh, just kind of talking about evolution. Um, March first is going to have a brunch pizza soon, right? Like we're we're going to run that on Saturdays and Sundays only, from eleven to two, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Fig Leaf is going to be opening for lunch soon. They're going to have salads and sandwiches, and we're going to do a fun little lunch tray for the uh, workers around the, the brewery so that we can get a decent, you know, affordable lunch and healthy lunch, sure. right? Um, so we're doing that. And then, like I said, we've got a couple more projects, which I'm not sure if we're talking about yet. Um, not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, 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 ah, that's fine. Uh, you know, that's so, why they have me on the show. That's right. Yeah. I, Josh tells me, yo, dude, you can't say that shit. Um, so, <laughs> oh, sorry, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, man, like I had, I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> You're welcome. So looking, looking kind of taking a step back at the bigger kind of picture of Cincinnati craft beer, aside from what you guys are doing here at, at uh, you know, the, the whole March 1st, uh, family of brands, uh, what are some of the things that get you guys excited about what's happening locally, um, be it in food or in beer or in tap rooms or whatever, whatever experience you want to uh, um, to include. I'll do food if you do booze. Oh, we're we're splitting it up. I guess <laughs> I don't know. We'll do the food, and you can do. And the, I can uh, do the, the beer. The yeah. beer expert person, yeah. I guess. Um, I should have thought about this question because I know you ask this to everybody on your shows, and I didn't think about it. Um, my gosh. 
Um, something that I'm excited about. Oh my gosh! What was the last thing like when you walked in somewhere and like, oh, like that? That's like that's cool. That's cool. I haven't I haven't seen that yet, or um, I really like the way that's working. So. I guess I have two then, if I'm going to put it that way, two things that I got super stoked about. Um, one was uh, we got to go do kind of like a friends and family uh, soft opening uh, at the Warped Wing up in Mason. Yeah, um, It's a super cool place. It's cool to see how they came in and uh, kind of revitalized that space. Um, I, I had been there when it was not not the last one, but the one before. It was at uh, uh, Brazenhead. Ba- Brazenhead. Um, so I didn't see what the the in between people did to it um but it's a cool space uh the food Picture was a awesome giant soul-sucking vacuum that came in and sucked every bit of character that, that out sounds of the about building. right that sounds about right um <laughs> that's what they did to it. the other thing um <laughs> the other thing um that was cool at least recently is uh i finally got a chance to go down to Birkis. um we yeah. went for uh, oh, the nwf yeah. wrestling <laughs> Still upset at it. Down there. Um, I'm kind of bummed out. I missed I, it. I'm sorry, man. I, I was too I busy invited, sitting at home eating him. a pizza by myself. Um, but going down there uh, for the first, I, we had been there before, but not when they were open. So it was cool to see the hustle and bustle. And obviously the wrestling was cool. Um, but you, this jogged my memory. Thank you. The one thing I'm excited about on top of those two things is I think events in general um, is seeing kind of at least last fall uh going to like the sonder oktoberfest mm-hmm. which i don't like to talk about because uh, i was kind of intoxicated on that show if you guys, uh, you guys would like to hear more about it i encourage you to listen to both sonder stories um, podcast and sensi brewcast but from um the, but yeah. that now was i'm curious that was the first time since covid um or since the lockdown or whatever you want to call it where like it felt like we were back to normal um and we had all of these different breweries and all these different brewers and owners and reps and social media people and you know whatever in like the same place and it was super cool um so the one thing i'm really looking forward to is i hope that momentum continues yeah um and i want i'm i'm trying to make it a goal myself because Anyone who works at a brewery can probably agree with me that you get in this tunnel vision and you're only focused at your location, your job, your brewery, that you don't get to go out to other tap rooms. Um, I'm trying to make it a goal to go to as many events and see and talk to and see my, my old friends and make new friends. I think it should uh, and be I hope the events. I think it should be yeah. a rule for places that your at least some of your employees that are in certain roles are required to go out to a different tap yeah. room at least once a month or something like that and just hang out just to see what that that experience there is, what the vibe there is, and get an actual feeling for it because um, there is such cool stuff happening. It's it's freaking awesome. <laughs> think but- about events in general. Like look back, um, and I I. I'll put like the first punch out is the the minute that all of that started changing where events started to take on this new life and become the reason that you go to the brewery is because of this thing that's going on. And before that it was like, yeah, there was fun stuff happening, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like these real creative fun ideas that made you want to be there. Whereas now it's every, every, you know, every weekend there's something going on that is there's creative too many and exciting things going <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, food wise, um, the, our friends at Matry are, and, and uh, 
bouquet are opening a place yes. in OTR alcove. Can't wait to try that food. Oh, I'm Holy so shit. excited about that. Um, I think they're still waiting to, on some licensing things. And Yeah. Um, I think they're looking for a soft opening a couple of weeks or three weeks from now or something like that. I talked to them yesterday. Um, that is super cool, right? I used to work at that Kaze space, what, what, what it was before that, and the, what they've done with the building. I got a, I got a chance to tour it, which is really cool. Um, that is super fun. Um, it really, food scene in Cincinnati in general, I feel like it's going through this renaissance almost, right? Like fine dining is almost going away. Right. Right? Like New York, Chicago, LA, San Francisco. Yes, 100%. White tablecloth, $200 meals, right? Four-hour dinners. I think for Cincinnati, in my opinion, right? It's nobody else's but mine, um, is, I don't know. It's people are looking for the cheaper options and the quick serve and the, the breweries aspect of it, you know, with the, why, why do you think that is? Ah, people are broke, man. <laughs> and that's plenty. I mean, that's my reason. Right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it's just what it is. And, and, and uh, with the supply chain issues, which where people have to charge more right. for their dishes, which I get it, you know, like I have a lot of friends in this industry that are struggling to keep, you know, they're struggling general really just to, you know, get by just because the, they have to charge an X amount of dollars to make some profit right. of the stuff that they're serving. So at least I, I get it, but it's also like, I think it's a, uh, like a, you know, I can go to so many places that aren't fine dining restaurants now, get an incredible meal, yep. um, and, not break your bank. and, and, and walk out at the end of the night and be like, Oh yeah, that was fine. That didn't hurt at all. You know, no. that was no, not at all. now if I do take my wife out for a nice dinner, sometimes I'm like, man, that, you know, it was fine. But like, man, can I ask that, you a question? But, you know. What's your favorite restaurant in Cincinnati? Uh, Woodburn kitchen. You haven't had it. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> pick <answer>. favorites. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to really think about it. I, we don't, I have two small children. We, we, we go to McDonald's a lot. <laughs> Which one's your favorite McDonald's? Uh, the one that's close to my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, there are, you know, restaurants that have been around that are doing quote unquote fine dining style service, right? right. Boca. Yeah, Soto. Soto is my favorite restaurant. In I've been to Soto. I haven't been to Boca yet no, because again, uh, small had, children. But we, we had, had reservation. Once. We had to cancel it because we had some stuff come up. But I, one of the places I want to go. I've been to the old Boca. I haven't been to the new one. Um, Soto and Bouquet are one A and one B of my favorite restaurants in Cincinnati, and their prices are exactly where they need to be. Right. Right. You look at supply chains. You look at those two restaurants, and they've evolved. Right. They've they've managed to take a role with the punches for lack of, you know, lack of a better term. Like they've made sure that, you know, what you get is what you get and keep evolving your menu. So you don't have to have those issues. Yeah. So. It's like, even, even those rare instances where like, if I'm with my wife, we're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to plan a night where we go out to dinner, like more and more, like, it's like, oh yeah, we could, we could go and sit down for a really nice dinner or we could, you know, we could go and we could have cocktails somewhere right. and then we could go and we could have, you know, a nice dinner at a, at a brewery or, you know, whatever yeah, it may yeah, be. Yeah. And like, and, and just really have this night where we, we know we're going to enjoy ourselves and we know that like, we're going to have a bunch of different experiences around that instead of putting all our eggs in one basket. And then right, at the end of the night, right. it's like, and, oh. and I feel like if you have a brewery location, I mean, you and I, Han and I have talked about this a few times where it's like, if you make your food approachable at a decent price. Which is really where our menu's at right, right now. Like it's, it's approachable. It's priced well. 
and it's not going to break. You can afford to eat here two times a week if you wanted to. Right. Right. Like I'm not. We're not trying to charge people out the ass or anything like that. We just want to give people a good experience. So. Well, and it's going to be seven days a week, right? Uh, open for lunch. Yep. I mean, it's. So we'll be doing brunch as well, um, but that won't be the week after our drag brunch, right. would ha- which happens the last Sunday of every month. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just full on go time. Yeah, we, at we that waited. point, we'll bring out specials again. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we were doing weekly features when we had a temporary license. Um, now that we do have a full kitchen, we're going to let people get used to the menu that we have. We were going to let our team get used to making these dishes and make sure they're perfect every time. Right. Once that's done and we feel good about it, we're going to reintroduce the features that we were doing every week, which I think people were really enjoying. We got good feedback, at least. So yeah, I I'm excited to see what you guys have uh, have in store for people. This oh, is, it's uh, gonna be it's gonna so be fun. fun. I, I getting people to understand what Wood Woodburn is now versus what it it was years ago. Yeah, has been fun watching, and I think adding something like this kitchen. Um, you you talked about the green space up. Like, there's little things that have changed that add to that personality, and I think get people maybe to understand that this it's, is it's something also another option a little different right sure. like you've got branch you've got 20s that do great stuff right like you had um pickle pig on the other side over there i mean they, there's a lot of good lunch places and we just want to find a home in there somewhere and help everybody you know really look at east walter tales as a lunch destination as opposed to just somewhere you go to drink right 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 so. Yeah, and it's it's been cool. Um, you know, like I didn't spend a lot of time down here in East Walnut Hills. Uh, you know, like I've been to Woodburn 1.0 or whatever you want to call it a few times, but um, it's it's so cool to see how much this little community like gets together. Um, and I think that um, what what's the term? Rising tide raises all ships, kind of thing. Depends yeah. who you have. Uh, rising ship raises all raising tides. All, yeah, Danny. Uh, I've had beers, <laughs> Danny, um, but. It's it's super cool, and I I'm excited to be a part of you know this whole kind of evolution, yeah. you know, hearkening back to our <laughs> previous conversation. We're just getting started, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. On, we're just getting started, and we got all sorts of fun shit coming. And one thing I I did the last place I was at was Pepin Dolores downtown and over the Rhine, and that scene is crazy. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I could see a lot of people trying to open new restaurants down there would would get lost. Um, I love this area. I used to work at Ohio as the general manager over there. Right. And so when Boomin asked me if I wanted to take this job over here, I was like, man, what a great area. Well, it's, you know, and not to take anything away from from OTR and what OTR is, but uh, it's it, it's very different to have a place like this where you have people that will be in multiple times a week. This is their spot that they go. They live down the street and we're coming in here. We just we hang out. We have a beer. We're going to grab some food. That's not really the way OTR is. Like no, it's uh, it can be right. Like sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Yeah. I, I I don't. I haven't worked at OTR in a few years, so it's been a while. But like for here, for instance, like Friday, last Friday when we had that snow, like right after that ice snowstorm that we had, I mean, we thought we were going to be slow as hell. Right. We had a great Friday. Yeah. We had so many people just walking that live in the neighborhood come and support us, which was really cool to see. I think that I think that Friday, I think that was the day I was over at um, at Esoteric. Yeah, and um, was was doing something there, and I I went in and I'm like, man, this there's an awful lot of people here. And he's like, yeah, they all they all live here, and 
They can't go anywhere else. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened here. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. So they just hang out. I mean, yeah, there's literally an apartment right <laughs> above us almost <laughs> over here. Yeah. So, and I know there's people who come down here regularly. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the best part about being in this neighborhood and not in o- at a place like OTR, where like yeah, they have residential areas and stuff right. like that, but it's very more community. You know what I mean? It's very community, yeah. like a, a neighborhoody feel to it, which I think we're going for the neighborhood bar piece of it, right? So. Yeah, I I think it's great. I think I'm excited again. To, to see how you guys uh, let this kind of grow and evolve and become this thing that I think people are going to be really, really, really excited to uh It's mostly Josh. I'm just here to look pretty. <laughs> What's up? I got, a, I got a face for podcasting. It does. You look so good. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking a few minutes to, uh, to sit down with me and uh, hopefully get some people excited about this. And, yeah, thanks for um, having us. If you guys haven't been down to Woodburn uh, in, 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 in recent past, come down here and, uh, get some food, get some beers. There is a whole bunch of beer on tap right now. I know that I've heard a lot of people complain over the last, uh, the last year or so about, uh, um, the, the beer versus seltzer ratio and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's well, out a little bit. If you want me to, <laughs> I mean, I can speak on that a little bit. I mean, obviously, um, you know, seltzer is paying a big chunk of the bills at the moment. Um, but we just finished, um, probably about a month ago, be, uh, fully operational seltzer only facility around the corner from where March 1st is, um, which has opened up our production, um, space up at fig leaf to do more beers. So you're going to start seeing not only more beers in general, um, but each tap room is slowly going to be, um, having the majority of their own beers on tap. Like I know a lot of people have been complaining like, Oh, like if I go to, you know, fig leaf, like there's a bunch of March 1st beers on or, That's or stupid. vice versa. That's stupid. If you're complaining I mean, about that, it's dumb. cool and everything. But at the same time, um, the goal is over the summer is you're going to start seeing each tap room become, uh, a home for their own products again. Like, don't get me wrong. They're still going to, what, what's that breakdown look like? Um, is there like an actual formula of, all right, so 75% this and 25% that, or is I it- think, um, I, you know, we sat down and, and we've discussed different things where it's like, you know, the one thing that we pride ourselves on is having uh, something for everyone in terms of beer styles, but then also with like the spirits and ciders and seltzers and things like that is we are trying to figure out, um, that formula, not only with the style or not only with like the products, but like the styles as well. Um, and then where you will see guest taps come in is like, where can, where can we fill a gap? Like, Oh, like right. March 1st doesn't have like a Porter or something like, like, okay, we'll bring in ponderous Porter. So, all right. I'm excited. Sounds fun. Uh, again, if you haven't been here or if you haven't been any of those places, um, get there and, see what's going on because there is some really really fun stuff right now so um you can find out more here on the website there's there's links to everybody's uh all of the different tap rooms the uh social media website all of that stuff so you can you can find your way there or just just bother them on on social media and they'll tell you how to get there indeed (laughs) Uh, thank you guys very much i have to try to remember which button is which i think this one is the end of the show oh look at that i got it so good so awesome it's so hard to remember which ones are which um we will be back next week i think we are talking bach beer next week because it is that time of year guys so um get your uh get your later hosen out and um get ready because 
Cincinnati's weird. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> <laughs>